0: The Double A Balls Podcast, with your hosts, Ooh, Sonny, see, now we're spitting hot fire, Andrew. Uh, last Woo! Andrew Romanella. I like that. That's what I'm talking about. I'll be the best cheerleader. Father Time apparently doesn't know Tom Brady's address. And Anthony Rinaldi.
1: Love the hardwood. That's my passion. Houston, they don't have a problem. Listen, you don't even have to listen. Now, it's time for the show.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. This is the Double A Balls Podcast. I am your host, Andrew Romanella, and sitting next to me is the man that loves the hardwood, Anthony Rinaldi.
1: That's completely... And appropriate. Andrew, how are you?
0: I'm doing good as always. And episode 12 here of the Double A Balls podcast. Of course, you can get us on Twitter and Instagram.
1: Social media, but
0: at Double A Balls on both DAAB podcast.com. Find the podcast on iTunes, Anchor, and Podbean. Hit subscribe. Hit subscribe and listen in. Of course, we had a great show coming to you today. This is probably the best week in sports. MLB opening weekend was as good as advertised. The NBA playoff picture is not looking any clearer than it has in the last four weeks of the season. The NHL playoff picture in the same boat. Of course, we have the NCAA Final Four. The Masters in sight This weekend, Tiger Woods looking to recapture some Masters magic. So the sports world is popping ant, but of course, you know me, we're going to go ahead and start on the dirt and grass.
1: Who doesn't love the grass? Andrew, baseball season is here. Yankees, Mets, the locals started off nice Saturday, Sunday, a little shaky, a little shaky. What else are you looking at in this wonderful MLB season, Andrew? Give me a little nugget or two. From opening
0: day. Well, I'll tell you what, it was a great opening day. You mentioned, obviously, the Mets take 2-3 or three from the Cardinals. They lose on Sunday. The Yankees win the first two of their series. They played four against the Blue Jays but dropped the last two. Although, positives, you saw CeCe Sabathia through well. We'll get more into that. Uh, just a few around the league, Ant. The Marlins split with the Cubs, which, which I thought was interesting. The Marlins are supposed to come out here and be if not arguably the worst team in baseball history, almost people were talking about it that way. The Cubs are a potential World Series contender. They split a four-game series. I thought that was interesting. The Phillies' new manager, Gabe Kapler, and 21 pitchers used in two games. 18 innings worth of baseball, 21 pitchers used in two games. That was unbelievable to see. I think that's the analytics going out. The window for the Phillies, a little bit wild there. Otani throws well off the mound, collects his first hit in the big leagues and his first win off the mound. And, which was my favorite nugget of the weekend, Ant, and I believe it's a fantasy nugget for you, Mr. Joe Panic of the San Francisco Giants makes history with his two home runs on opening nights. And the second night of the season, both one nothing wins for the Dodgers. He is the first person in MLB history, Anthony Rinaldi, to hit solo shots in back-to-back games to be the only run for his team to win two ball ballgames.
1: That's pretty impressive, Andrew. I mean, you split a series with a, the L.A. Dodgers last year. They were in the World Series, and you split a series, and you scored two runs. That, my friend, is what John and Susan, that's baseball.
0: It's unbelievable, but I think that just goes to show how tough the NL West is going to be. I think we talked about it last week, and you mentioned that 10 of the first 17 games, I believe it was, for the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers were played against each other that early in the season, and you saw... That's good baseball. When you see 0-0 games, that's because, one, obviously it's opening day, adrenaline's running high, but that's the number one and the number two pitchers on both staffs going complete duels and some of the best hitters in the game having a tough time early in the season because that rivalry matters so much when it comes to playoff contention and for it to start your year off. I think that's why you see two one nothing ball games as the wins for the Los Angeles or excuse me for the San Francisco Giants.
1: Yeah, I can't wait to watch those remaining Giants and Dodger matchups. I mean, you wish Mad Bone was healthy, but you see those you see these freak injuries all the time. That's a whole different. We'll see area. him in sixty
0: eight weeks. Well, staying in California, we talked a lot about Otani, and he went six innings, three earned runs, six Ks, one walk. On opening day, he was the DH He went 1-for-5 with a single. He got the win for the Mariners. Do you think that is the first step for Shohei Otani in his major league career? Maybe it's not proving people wrong that he can't do both. Because, I mean, it's just a 1-for-5 day. I'm not going to go wild over hitting him hitting 200 and having a single in one MLB game. But more importantly, on the mound going six and striking out six and getting a win for the Angels.
1: Is this a step in the right direction for him? I mean, obviously you want him to be everything the Japanese or Korean Babe Ruth. You know, he had a good, like you said, one for five. Nothing to, you know, it's not to sneeze at. But, I mean, he's early. Five at-bats in the MLB. We'll see what he does over. Give him, give him the old two-week, 14-game scenario. Let me see how he's doing DH-wise. Because again, you know the Angels got to figure that out. Because I believe they'll be in that in the hunt there in the was it, AL West. Yeah, and I
0: think I, I think the six innings on the mound is the light to where he's going to end up having most of his impact for this team.
1: That you hit it right on an interesting nail on in the head there, half bluff nails Frankie Franchina. Six innings. How many pitchers? Look at the, the Yankee staff. Talk about questionable analytics. That was the, that's been the talk all of the town since Sunday's blunder by Mr. Aaron Boone of the New York Yankees. But the Yankees, most of their start like they pulled Sonny Gray, I think he 80-some pitches in four innings. That's th- You know what? You can't get any length out of your pitchers if, if they're going 85-plus uh, pitches in only four innings. Well, he's about, only gave us five. But that's probably what we're expecting out of him going forward. Uh, he's a little bit long in the tooth, so you can't stretch him out too long if you want him for, let's say, 30-some starts. But Sonny Gray's got to go a little bit longer. I know it's early, but I feel like even last year with, with Joe Binder-Girardi, once, once they got to the third set, uh, the third time through the rotation, the batting order, they yanked him. They, no legs.
0: But is that because it is early? Because, I mean, Severino only went five and two-thirds and threw 91 pitches. Do you think going into this game, the Yankees coaching staff had the game plan of going in and saying, hey, you know what? We're not going to kill these guys. We have a very good bullpen. If there's a situation where we're starting to get high in the pitch count earlier in the game, we're okay sacrificing that now because we're expecting to make a long playoff run later.
1: I don't know, Andrew. I just want Ws. I thought we were going to be 162-0. and 0. I'm disappointed. I guess we'll go 160.
0: Before we slide into the Yankees' conversation because it was a big opening day for Stanton, I mean, he was 3-5 for five with two home runs, a double, and four RBIs. Didn't do much the rest of the series, but he jumped off the map in game number one the exact way you wanted to. But in doing a little bit of stat research for this podcast and looking into some of the MLB stuff over the weekend, there was a record set this weekend in terms of international players in Major League Baseball. And I think it is the exact depiction of the trend in Major League Baseball and and quite frankly, baseball across the landscape right now. But listen to this. On opening day in Major League Baseball, 254 players represented an all-time record 21 different countries and territories located outside of the United States. In the top three of those categories, the Dominican Republic had 84, Venezuela had 74, and Puerto Rico had 19. That was the highest total since 2011.
1: That's a lot of international flavor in the MLB. And you know that's always been one of the uh, strong suits of the MLB that's kind of reached, I would say, the most foreign of players. You, know, you, see, you see football nowadays. They have their London game. There's a game in Mexico City. They want to have a game in Germany, perhaps. You know, they're trying to get all over the place to try to spread the brand. NBA does a good job of it with their European flavor. But MLB really gets a smorgasbord of talent from all across. All likes, all walks, all colors. It don't matter. If you can play ball, play
0: ball. Well, and I think that really hit its peak in the early 2000s. And now we're really seeing, seeing it at its pinnacle now. I mean, it's not a joke. They are signing these... Latin American players, some of these Dominican players, they're signing these guys at 16, 17, 18 years old. And they're coming up through the ranks of these major league organizations. And they're building legitimate relationships for three, four, five years before these guys are even in their early 20s. They're 22, 23 years old. They've been in an organization for five or six years already. A few years ago, Wilmer Flores was said to be traded at the trade deadline. And there was a whole thing during the game. Wilmer Flores was crying at shortstop because he was getting traded. And some people, a lot of people actually on social media kind of poo pooed Wilmer Flores. Oh, it's professional baseball. It's Major League Baseball. It's a business. You have to know these things happen. And Wilmer Flores came out and said, and I believe at the time he had been in the Mets organization for seven years. And his point was, I've been here since I was a teenager. The New York Mets taught me how to be a man. I've been a professional in their organization since I was 16 or 17 years old. You don't just throw that away. And that's where it starts to get really deep with some of these organizations because some of these players are legitimately growing up with these coaches and instructors and administrators in these organizations.
1: I was totally going to quote a movie. You might have seen it, Andrew. It's a baseball movie it's called The League of Their Own crying there's no crying in baseball ah tom hanks sack up wilmer flores tom hanks but it
0: makes sense and and i understand that it's new york and that's where baseball is is wacky with its draft rules when you start you know you start to dive into that line of the football and the basketball draft rules where baseball you can come straight out of high school and that's why you do find again so many young Kids, 18-year-old kids in professional baseball, in minor league baseball, on buses, trying to be a professional, trying to learn how to be an adult with men, and in some cases that are 8, 9, 10 years older than them. Trying to get to the big leagues, and it's a very hard path to take. Going to the big league level, your New York Yankees, first two games of the series, off to a hot start. What you saw from Stanton on opening day had to get you excited.
1: Oh man, I, I just got to my car, I was leaving work, didn't have John and Susan on, got to my car, I heard it was 2 run Yanks, I was like, oh my god, what happened? And I heard Stan hit a two-run shot, right? Line, laser beam. I couldn't wait to hear John's call. I don't know if you have it pulled up, maybe we could throw it in there later. But it was an awkward, kind of a John Sterling-esque call. Those of you not, not from around here, or if you don't know much of the radio, John and Susan do a hell of a job. Talking New York Yankees baseball, but I have to agree. Debatable. Listen, you, Just because it's not Howie and uh, what's his face.
0: Josh Lewin. Yeah,
1: you, you Mets fans think you guys have the best booth in baseball. They have the best
0: top three booth in baseball. You
1: can't beat Susan Waldman.
0: That's a discussion for another time.
1: But yeah, you know what? We split Toronto. Toronto. I didn't think they're gonna be much this year. I think they're gonna trade Donaldson. That bum up. He's got a bum arm now. He's got that dead arm, but he's still hacking away. He's not half of what he used to be. But for some re- some reason, some some bum I have in my roster, David Robertson decides I want to pitch to Justin Smoke yeah. instead of uh, pitching to Donaldson, who's been not really himself lately. I know the numbers, and here here comes your analytics with Aaron Booney.
0: He wanted to go for the curveball matchup.
1: I know he did, but and he threw him a bunch. A bunch.
0: But bunch. Smoke's credit, he fouled
1: them all off. I, that was a great at bat. But you know, that's the pitch that he's probably just not. He's not quite there yet, and. You know, he's probably waiting fast. I don't know why he makes up. You know what? I live and die I'm by the curveball. I'm throwing curveballs until my arm
0: Yes. I live and die by the curveball in that situation. 100%. And here, right here, so I got it up, Ant. Here is, the, boy. here is the first call for John Sterling on the Yankees broadcast of Giancarlo Stanton's home run on opening day. The National
1: League MVP last year. Swung on and drilled to deep right center field. It is high, it is far,
0: it is gone, it is first Yankee at bat.
1: John Carlo. Puo Cullo Stoparlo. It is a Stantonian home run. A two-run blaster right center in his first Yankee at bat. I mean, I'm Italian. We were both Italian. I think it's Italian. John tried. But uh, isn't
0: Ster- uh, is Giancarlo Spanish, I believe? It is a Stantonian home run. I don't know. That man. works yes. for me, but the
1: first part is ah, a little
0: weird. I just... Listen. That Yes, he's not... He is Spanish. He's not Italian. That's the first thing that bothers me. I don't mind him trying to step out of the box here. It's just too much. I've always thought the whole thing was a little bit too much. I started to... As I've gotten older and listened to more sports talk radio and listened to more games on the radio and started to really appreciate that more, I've started to really like and think it was really unique and cool, the John Sterling home runs call. But this is the one where it kind of crosses the lines the wrong phrase there, but it just doesn't sit well with me. I just don't enjoy listening to it. And he came out and made a statement and said, hey, it's essentially, hey, this is me. I'm going to make my call. It's something that I wanted to do. And the fact that people are talking about it means the world to me.
1: And John, bless his heart, is not on social media. So I don't think he's really going to care about the backlash that he received, good or bad. Yankee fans are hilarious like that. But I love John's calls. He's going to keep it. He's got a great one too, for Jury. Did you hear that one? No, I didn't hear about goes. And maybe I was listening he, to the Mets. He, yeah, I mean, they're all right. He, say, he goes something about he's not Aaron he's not Aaron Judge- it's the jury or something instead of the Jury. It's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty doing It's yes.
0: a good, that's a good play on words and Drury had a great opening weekend. Four, four for four with four RBIs and a home run with two outs on opening weekend. That is as clutch as clutch baseball gets. And to finish on Stanton real fast because I want to talk about the Yankees bullpen this weekend because it was not very good and that's the supposed, supposed strength of the Yankees going into this season. but, Looking at Giancarlo Stanton over the course of his Major League Baseball career, Anthony, last season, Giancarlo played the most games in his career at 159 and had the most played appearances in his career at 692. Also, probably no coincidence, hit the most home runs in his career at 59. And you really had the opportunity to see the type of baseball player he was when he stayed healthy for the course of the year. Aaron Hicks has already gone down with an intercoastal strain, which is pretty much doctor's terms for your cage is hurt. You've also seen Billy McKinney go to the 10-day DL after he was went down trying to catch a fly ball in left center field. Some injuries are starting to pop up for the Yankees. Greg Bird, as we already know, out six to eight weeks. Giancarlo Stanton needs to stay healthy in this lineup. Is it ridiculous need compared to other teams in major league baseball no but he showed you what he could do last year and when he stays healthy that's the one thing that scares me
1: right I, obviously you want everybody to be healthy look at your mets last year your bread and butter the pitching staff they didn't do so well health-wise and look what happened to the team so obviously you lose a you lose an Aaron Judge a Gary Sanchez or John Carlos Stanton even Bird, I mean, everyone keeps chirping, Bird's the best, Bird's the best, but unfortunately a kid can't stay healthy, so we'll never see his bat in that lineup. We can't lose, ideally, you don't want to lose anybody, but it's a long, long season. So, if, you know what, if they're going to be out a few games, it is what it is. And depth is so
0: key. I mean, this is a man that's missed 20% of his team's games over the course of his MLB career, and that's just something that jumps off the page at me, and I can't wait to see him at Yankee Stadium, but obviously in any stadium in Major League Baseball, this man can hit the baseball out.
1: 4 p.m. tomorrow, Andrew. Watch it if you're not coaching.
0: It'll, it'll be a good one, and I, I will watch as many Yankees games as I possibly can, barring the Mets aren't on, because they are just that talented of a team, but that is what disappointed me about watching them this weekend, because their bullpen, who, I like I said before, is supposed to be the strength, Going into this 2018 campaign, gave up 11 runs in four games, including a grand slam by David Robertson, as we mentioned before, to Justin Smoke being the eighth inning of the fourth game of the series against the Blue Jays.
1: Andrew, there's been a lot of talk about the, the six or so teams that you'll find at the top of the you know at the top of the top of the food chain: Yankees, Indians, Astros. Nationals, Cubbies, and Dodgers. Those are The six teams that I keep hearing are your prohibited favorites. But I feel like, I feel like there's just one team that I, I hate is getting no pub. And I hate the fact that they get no pub because I hate the fact that they're good. They've been good the last two years with back-to-back 93 win seasons, which is pretty impressive. But it's those bean counters in New England, the Red Sox. Now I want to talk about them, and if David Price becomes the old David Price perhaps, that's a pretty potent lineup with a good pitching staff with sale and price back-to-back.
0: That is one of the best teams in Major League Baseball, and I completely agree with you. They have not been getting the burn that they deserve in terms of how much of a competitor they can be. Just to list off a few offensive players that this team has currently on its lineup. Xander Bogarts, all-star. Mookie Betts, all-star. Hanley Ramirez, all-star. J.D. Martinez, all-star. Jackie Bradley Jr., all-star. Andrew Benintendi, all-star. Those are just to name a few on that roster offensively that can do damage for that team to prove your point that they are a team that is not getting enough love and I think when it's all said and done is going to be a major player in October.
1: There's also some other teams I know we kind of mentioned maybe a podcast or two ago. Your upstart Giants with the you know, once they get mad, mad bumped back, they should be all right. But talk about some teams chasing the Cubbies. Milwaukee jumped out to a solid 3-0 start. Did I not say that to you the other day? You did. I, you you I scoffed hate, at me. I hate their pitching. I. You know what? They played the freaking San Diego Padres. Which think, is true. I think stack, or whatever you call yourselves, I think you guys could beat the San Diego Padres. I don't,
0: we might have a chance to take one in a four-game series. That's all it counts. It only needs one. But I agree, and I think it's the offense that's probably going to lead Milwaukee. Their pitching's their question mark. Can their pitching hold up over the course of the season? Because at the end of the day, we're learning about today's Major League Baseball. You need starters that can give you some type of length. It doesn't need to be great length, but it needs to be a consistency of some type of length. Fifth to sixth inning, and you need five to six good relievers because sixth, seventh, eighth, In Ninth-inning relievers exist nowadays, and specialist relievers, lefty-on-lefty, or righty-on-righty, one-batter relievers exist.
1: I always enjoy when a guy comes out, lefty-on-lefty, throws like three to seven pitches, and his day's done. Thanks. Thank you very much. Here's your check. See you later.
0: Think about that. Guys make millions of dollars to some days come to the ballpark, warm up for ten minutes, go into the game, throw three to six pitches, and go home.
1: Not a bad lifestyle.
0: That's on my list of jobs I want. The professional pinch runner in baseball is on my list of jobs. Field goal kicker, punter in the NFL, and guy at the end of the NBA bench that is the best celebration guy and gets all the love from the fans in blowouts.
1: Hold on, I got the best job on earth. I want to be the emergency backup goalie for for any NHL team Tell me you saw that story, Andrew. It's very I know you cool. a hockey guy. He was a Calvin. My man was doing some taxes. Got a phone call. Suit up. You're going in. And I, found, I, I never knew that, obviously, as a hockey novice. I, ne- I never knew teams had backup goalies. But the, but the fact that the guy gets to go to the, every home game, gets to have a, a meal in the cl- I know, it's a clubhouse, and a press box, wherever he goes, he gets a, gets a hot meal, gets a jersey, he suits up, and uh, he sits there and waits for the phone call. And this one dude, the accountant, what was his name Scott Foster or something? I believe. Look at that, Andrew. I'm learning my hockey. I'm proud of you. my hockey. I'm proud of me. you. Tell me the playoffs are starting soon. And I just found that story hilarious. That this dude, and he made 14 saves. He played well. Or he played at least 14. He played hits. well. Like you know, you got to go to work on Tuesday and brag, right? Oh
0: man, I hope I would hope that that man's boss didn't make him come to work the next day, or when he did come to work, he just allowed him to watch the. Tape of him playing goalie in the NHL over and over and over again.
1: If I'm him, I'm standing by the water cooler all day. Just, oh, did yeah. you watch that game last night? Great
0: conversation. Jay, hey, you, you see that game last night? Yeah. Did you, you see that guy in goal? 14 saves? I know him. Shut per- up. Shut up. That was, that was me. Oh, by the way. I'm a little disappointed in you, though, Ant, because you started talking about Major League Baseball teams that could make a run at the playoffs, and the New York Metropolitans didn't come out of your mouth. Meet the Mets.
1: Meet the Mets, step right up, and beat the Mets. Greet the Mets, oh. who had a good opening uh, weekend. That's right. yeah, listen, just keep winning series. That's, that's it. That's the Gats have to battle.
0: I don't need to sweep. My father and I have this conversation all the time. I don't need to sweep teams. I just need to win every series, two or three. However, the last year, the Mets did, I don't think, won a game on Sunday. It felt like the entire year. So they do have to find a way to win on Sundays, which has been a bugaboo for this team over the last year and a half or so. But nonetheless, Yoanis Cespedes had a good weekend, 4-for-11. They had a home run, 4 RBIs. They won the first two games this year. Adrian Gonzalez came out of the woodworks 3-for-7 this weekend. A big go-ahead RBI double on opening day. But what got me the most excited, we can talk about the pitching. Syndergaard looked great. DeGrom looked great. Uh, Mats was a little shaky and obviously... We don't get to see Harvey until tomorrow because of the snow. Either way, what excited me the most about this Mets team over the weekend, Ant, was they had 17 walks as a team in three games, 30 hits, scored 16 runs, and of those 30 hits, only two of them were home runs.
1: I have Jay Bruce and Rosario in my fantasy squad. Does that count? They did pretty good. I mean, Jay Bruce kind of struggled. I Ahmed Rosario had Rosario a great had a weekend. Runs. I think he's going to be something nice. And I
0: love that Mickey Callaway is batting the pitcher eighth and Ahmed Rosario ninth. He had Azdrubal Cabrera in the leadoff in games two and three after he hit fourth in game one because Brandon Nimmo came down with flu-like symptoms. Brandon Nimmo looked pretty good this weekend as well. Plus, the Mets got good news on Michael Conforto, who started hitting. He's been playing in some simulated games down in Port St. Lucie. I watched video of him hitting today in New York, and he looked really good. There's potential for him to come back as early as this Thursday. So what looked like gloom in Queens some four or five months ago after opening weekend is really looking positive and looking up.
1: I mean, come on, Andrew. We're only only the first series into it. But it looks good. That's it. That's all we need is a little bit of hope. A little bit of hope, maybe some nice warm weather, maybe a beer and a hot dog. Let's go. Well, I'm
0: excited because they're not relying on the long ball right now, which is huge for the New York Mets, a team that in the last two years relied so much on the home run, at least in the short sample size of three games of 162, you saw their want to actually have at-bats. 30 hits, like, like I said, 17 walks, and they only struck out 21 times, which was exciting for me, and the last part of it was, because of the snow on Monday, they were able to skip Seth Lugo's start, which would be Jason Vargas' when he comes back from injury keep Matt Harvey pitching Tuesday versus the Phillies and then continue regular rest for Noah Syndergaard on Wednesday against the Phillies and then Jacob deGrom on Thursday against the Nationals. So they're able to keep their starting arms fresh. So the snow didn't really hurt them. They'll play a doubleheader against the Phillies on July 9th which is a single-admission du- mission doubleheader on a Monday. So that's where that makeup game will be for the Mets, but it keeps their starting rotation intact, which we all know is the key to this team and that health going forward.
1: Get to the ballpark early, folks. Have a few beers. Get a little loose. That's it, man. New Wait, York I Mets. They're going to be competing in the, in the NL Ant. They're going to compete. It. I hope to get a wild-card spot because, you know, Sports Talk Radio is only going to get better if both teams are in infl- play. That's both true. Teams
0: are good. Well, it's been a tough year for New York sports in general. So the Mets and Yankees...
1: Oh, really, the hope. There's this baseball school story that's been brewing All right. that I find hilarious. All right, give it me. It's old school versus new school versus what the hell are we talking about? Are you aware of what happened with the Orioles and the Twins the other day?
0: Are we talking about the bunt down the third baseline the in the ninth inning?
1: around the world, yes.
0: Yes, I did. Tell Brian me, Dozier t- took some offense to that yeah, bunt.
1: I mean, tell me as a baseball guru slash nutcase who's been in baseball his whole life, how you feel about... What that young man did. You thought how the Twins reacted to this man trying to make a baseball play.
0: There are unwritten rules in baseball. If you're up by a lot of runs, you stop stealing, you stop taking extra bases, you respect the scoreboard for the other team, especially when you know you have a win in hand. I disagree completely with the Minnesota Twins, and here's why.
1: 100%. Give it to me. Here's Here.
0: why. It's only 7 nothing. I've seen crazier. We talked about this last week. We've always seen crazier. That was our point about Florida State not fouling in that NCAA tournament game. I digress. I disagree because if you're going to shift in the ninth inning of a ball game that you think is already out of hand, which is why you're mad at me for bunting, why can't I bunt to beat your shift? Because for the same argument Brian Dozier is making that the bunt shouldn't have been put down is the same argument that I'm going to make that you shouldn't be shifting. If it's the same respect for the game, hey, we're up by seven, you're down by seven, let's just just go straight up, I throw the ball, you try and hit the ball, we get out of here. That is fine. But if you're going to shift, well, you're telling me, hey, we're still in this battle, so I can still do whatever I can do to get on base. And that was the kid's point hey, if they're going to shift on me, I need to work on that stuff. So if you're going to throw me a fastball in the outside corner, then I can bunt down for a base hit. And, oh, the last point of it is, Ant, they loaded the bases with two of their best hitters and Chris Davis and Adam Jones coming up to the dish to possibly put some runs on the board and make that a ball game.
1: Exactly. That's the exact answer. I knew And the passion and the fire. I knew you'd come on, Andrew. That's the quirkiness of baseball. These unwritten rules, Minnesota talking some nonsense about that the uh, the veteran players like Chris Davis, Adam Jones you mentioned will will handle the situation. Handle what? Exactly, I think the Orioles are going to handle it just the way they did and and back their boy Cisco.
0: Why wouldn't you? Yeah, listen. Listen, just... bud. If if you... then don't shift. What are you shifting on me for in the ninth inning of a seven nothing ball game, anyways? That's your boy Paul
1: Molitor, man. Come he, on. He had a death stare too into the dugout. League. I know. That's, that's just, that's just that's child's
0: play. And there are certain situations in baseball where it is right to pump the brakes. If there's a no-hitter late in the game, it's an unwritten rule that you don't try and bunt to beat that no-hitter. Fine. If it's a situation where you're up or down by 10 runs, you don't try and put the extra run on the board if there's a pass ball on the man on third base. Fine. You shut down your running game. Fine. You you go for singles instead of doubles or triples. Fine. All of that stuff is fine, but in this situation, I completely disagree with the Minnesota Twins. 100%,
1: Andrew. I'm glad you brought that passion and fire with you.
0: Anytime it's a baseball topic, Anthony, I am bringing passion and fire. What is on fire right now in the sports world, besides Major League Baseball season, is the NBA playoff picture, which right now, as you look at it and is currently constituted, the Houston Rockets lock up the number one seed the Golden State Warriors are 5-5 five and five in their last 10 and have lost four straight at home. What is going on?
1: They won two in a row. They did. That's called a winning streak. It is. I believe, listen, you're going to come back. Clay's going to come back, I think, the playoffs. I don't think they're going to rush him back anytime soon. You know your boy Durantula's going to hold it down. You just got to get through. Right now, you know, just throw a Band-Aid on it. Get it, Get to the playoffs. We're probably going to sit the 2. Or the, you know, we're going to play the... Seven or eight seed, which what, what, what might be what right now? It's, it's what that Minnesota, Utah, plus two battling up. Well, right four? now it's I Minnesota,
0: gonna... New Orleans because New Orleans has lost four straight.
1: Also, oh, Utah jumped up, right? Yeah, Utah's
0: sitting in the six right now. Oh, nice. I want to avoid
1: those. Numbers. But oh. now, remember,
0: Utah is sitting at 77 games played, so they have five more I left know. in their season. Minnesota's sitting at 78 games played, they have four more remaining in their season, and New Orleans is sitting at 77 games played. So they have five more remaining in their season. But like I said before, they are on a four-game losing streak, including to the Thunder the other night, which was a huge win for the Thunder who sit in the five. It is wacky because between the San Antonio Spurs at the four, and I feel like we've had this conversation every week, but between the San Antonio Spurs at the four and the Denver Nuggets at the nine, they're separated by three games.
1: And each team has, what, roughly five to six games left? Yes. Five and four for the most part.
0: Nobody has more than five games remaining on their schedule.
1: You're right. This, this playoff hunt is just as blurry in the East as it is kind of in the yes. West. Well,
0: especially since the Sixers are on a 10-game winning streak and now are actually legitimately trust pushing the Cavaliers the for process, the three seed. Andrew,
1: trust it. Put your boy Embiid's beads out there.
0: Look at this. still. Though. Look at this. So you, you talk about the West and how wild the West is. You flip to the East in the two seed. The Boston Celtics, 6-game winning streak. They're now currently only 2 back from Toronto for the 1 seed. Cleveland, 3-game winning streak. They're too far away from the 2. So that's done. Toronto battles the Celtics for the 1 and the 2. That is it. The rest of the battle is 3 through 8. Cleveland, at 47 33 game winning streak, 3rd place. Philadelphia, 46-30, 10-game winning streak, 4th place. Indiana, forty-six and thirty-one, five-game winning streak in fifth place. That is what is happening
1: in the East. Andrew, do you realize that your boy, LeBron James, and the Cleveland Cavaliers? You know what? This is probably going to be his his toughest road, I think, this year. I I, I want to see Toronto. You know, they're young, they're they're hungry, they're fast, they're, they got a depth. Depth that DeMar DeRozan and Lowry always talk about. But I think Boston on this this I mirac- miraculous. Without Kyrie. What Brad Stevens is doing with that team, that patchwork team, because Marcus Smart's still out. I know, uh, I think Jalen Brown down with a concussion. I think he's back, though. Or at least he went, he went out for some kind of quick injury where he missed a little bit of time. But you don't have Kyrie, you don't have Marcus Smart, and you might not have them through the first
0: round of the playoffs. i
1: want to give you a little tease. But you know I'm going on the hardwood. What do you got? Always. And it may involve some teams from the East. To
0: your point, LeBron James has the hardest path in the East. Besides everything he's had to deal with, with eight different players in the lineup and Ty Lue dealing with mental sickness and not coaching and then coaching and whatever else may be and trying to gel that team down the stretch and Kevin Love having injury and then coming back and trying to gel him into the lineup. The the reason why it's the hardest year for LeBron is because – the last three weeks of the regular season actually matter because this is the first year in a while. He's not guaranteed the one or the two seed, and he actually has to fight for the Cavs to finish in the three seed. He could look at a situation if the last five games for the Cleveland Cavaliers don't go well and they continue to go very well for the Philadelphia 76ers and the Indiana Pacers. There could be a situation where the Cleveland Cavaliers don't have home court advantage in any round of the playoffs.
1: you got to wonder what the squad will look like when when everybody comes back, because obviously Cleveland is slightly banged up. George Hill, he's got some kind of issue. Obviously Kyle Korver's not injured, but he's he's dealing with family issues, and he'll be welcomed with open arms, I'm sure, when he comes back, because you need guys that put the ball in the hole. But I'm going to tell you two guys that I'm going to... Two, two guys, old faithful, on the, the original Cleveland roster who won some, some rings with LeBron. J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson.
0: They're going to come alive in the playoffs?
1: Those two kind of fell off beginning of the season. They They're were, keys. And, and you see it now. J.R. Smith right now is kind of surging. I've actually watched a little bit of Cleveland basketball just because LeBron James is a machine. He actually got his 17th double-double. I know he's no uh, Russell Westbrook. Remember, you have 20
0: bananas on the Cavaliers against the field.
1: I do, don't I? You do. Do I have, I have Cleveland, don't I? You have Cleveland. Good I league. have the field. Oh, right. That's going to be a tough matchup, though. I know you had some, you had some burning questions for me. Look, looking at my
0: field, you're in my head right now, and I love it. Looking at the field over the last few days of the NBA sparked a few questions in my mind, and I came in here today to ask you them. All right? So this NBA question segment will be kicked off with are the Cleveland Cavaliers, without LeBron James, still a playoff team?
1: 100%
0: they're the New York Knicks. Why? Come on. This was a big debate yesterday it, it, at our Easter. It was a huge oh, debate.
1: Oh, the Romanellas have a wild, wild J. Jay Barbonell
0: shout out to one of the listeners of the podcast. Jay Barbonell brought up the debate that he believed LeBron, that the Cavaliers would still be in the playoffs. I said absolutely not. Because if you look at the Detroit Pistons, who have a two-headed monster now of Andre Drummond and Blake Griffin, plus don't forget their starting point guard is Reggie Jackson, who's a pretty good point guard in his own right. He was a Oklahoma City Thunder guy as well. Are in the nine seed at 37-40. and 40. In the 8th seed is Milwaukee, and in the 7th seed is Miami, and in the 6th seed is Washington. I completely agree with you. There's zero chance that the Cleveland Cavaliers, led by Kevin Love, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, George Hill, and the rest of the gang, are in the Eastern Conference playoffs. I think they're worse than the Knicks.
1: No, you can't be worse than the Knicks. The Knicks are the worst NBA franchise. They're like the Cleveland Browns.
0: Well, the Atlanta Hawks, the Magic, the Nets, and the Bulls are worse than the Knicks. But that's a discussion for another day. Moving forward... Anthony, does Philadelphia win more than one playoff series? Oh, those six. I'm
1: tired of celebrating the city of Philadelphia, but you got to trust the process, Andrew. I've been telling you for months since we started this podcast, you know, it's kind of funny. I'm saying it's funny somebody injured, but when Embiid went down by running into Martel Fultz, because the dude can't find a jump shot anyway, but the fact that he got hurt and he's out, I think, at least two to four weeks with that orbital fracture, that's got to heal. That's what scares me. I mean, I think they're okay. Right now, they're sitting at the what? end the fourth seed, I believe, with a uh, half game.
0: Half game behind Cleveland.
1: Yeah. So you're going to see that. I mean, they're probably going to play either the Heat. Let's say maybe they may sneak in. Maybe Milwaukee, right? They may see the Pacers against a four-five matchup. But I, 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 I just think they're too young. I think they're one or two veteran players away. Well, I don't think they. I don't think your boy JJ Redick, the shooter, can carry them. Uh, I would they spread the floor nice, well, especially with Ben Simmons, the, the walking triple-double for the rook, or second-year rook. I mean, they're they're definitely nice. They, I, I can see him stealing one this year, but they're going to make some noise, possibly next year and for years to come. So glad they're in my division. I'm going to see them over and over and over again. But as long as Embiid keeps hitting on Rihanna, his mind ain't in it. Until
0: Embiid got hurt. I was completely against you in that. I think if you have a healthy Joel Embiid, they can 100% make a run to the Eastern Conference playoffs. Because they have so much swag. They have so much confidence. They're a team of young guys that doesn't care what the rest of the league thinks. They live by that trust the process slogan. They embody that when they play every single day. And to be hitting their stride late in the season. They are winning games without Embiid. But I do think if there's a healthy Joel Embiid, I go, I disagree with you. I think they can win more than one playoff series.
1: Well, let's put some They could be of, the third best team in the East. Let's put some more bananas on it because I'm going to tell you right now. And been, and got, I have the field. They're included in the field. Right. Double down field, boy. The fact that they're so young and immature and they're trusting this process. Is exactly why I don't like them to go past maybe the, the first first round because you need that gritty veteran that veteran leadership. You, the, the playoffs are a whole different beast. There's the regular season, then there's the playoffs, buddy. But look at the other teams in the East though. The Bucks—they
0: have no experience. Yeah, a little free- bit of playoff experience, but they, 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 they i don't trust the Bucks. The Miami Heat, no. The Washington Wizards haven't won anything past the first round in ever. Indiana Pacers. Not a lot of experience. You're going to tell me Lance Stevenson, maybe Victor Oladipo, but he hasn't carried a team in the playoffs. Shout out Bronx, Lance the, Stevenson. The, the, as we're mentioning 76ers, obviously Cleveland, Boston, and Toronto. You look at those top three teams and say, okay, well, there's net. I don't see why the Sixers can't make a run. All right, As okay. long
1: as Embiid is healthy. I'll give you the top three teams. Toronto, no shot. Boston, no shot. Cleveland, LeBron, no shot. Toronto's
0: no shot, even though they've never performed in the playoffs.
1: Exactly, Toronto. No I, shot. I'd take DeRozan and, and Larry over. Who's their, Covington and the white dude point guard? McConnell. Yeah, I like him. Give me, give me, give, give me Toronto. All right, agree to disagree on the
0: 76ers, but moving on oh, to sad. another playoff contender. Mike D'Antoni came out recently, and he was talking about how resting players late in the season could be a problem. He said this. That's why at the end of the year, you've got to be careful taking guys out and just resting them. After his 83-point lowest offensive total of the year as the Houston Rockets lost to the San Antonio Spurs, everybody wants to rest. Rest, rest, rest. Well, they've got to play. Otherwise, we're going to lose the advantage of what we've worked for for 80 games. And it's scary times for us. We've got to play. You've got to bring it, and you've got to bring it every day. We'll get it back. Is D'Antoni smart, Anthony, to not rest his players going down the stretch?
1: That's always the debate, isn't it? I feel like some of these coaches try to outthink the system. Your boy Greg Popovich is always known to do this, sit his stars, what have you, down a stretch. I don't really know. Does it work? I, I, just kind, of, I kind of always feel like you want to go in – to the playoffs, which is the most agonizing time with a little bit of momentum. So you're right. If you look at Houston in the last few games, I think they even won. They probably won the last two out of three because they're on some ridiculous like 28 and one stretch over the last I don't know 30, 29 games, whatever it is. But you see, they're kind of in a cold. They, they, they kind of went ice cold from down the arc. And if you're a Mike D'Antoni team that's missing their jump shots, that's a recipe for disaster because teams are going to run on you. And look at your boy James Harden, MVP. He's a little bit on a cold streak. I have some stats here for you that will drive you nuts. 37 of 99, 37% from the field. Not that good. How about this nugget? He
0: needs to be better. 6 of 40
1: from beyond the arc. That's 15%. Wait, needs to be way better. That's bad. And you see CP3 sitting out a lot with his hamstring, but yep. that's just risk. Always with him. And, and you kind of Harden, True, though. Harden Very kind of, much risk. Harden kind of tweeted that he's going to get his rest you know, accordingly, even though he's going to play, you think, got kind of stretch. Which
0: is smart to a certain extent, but I agree with you. If you're looking at the last five games of the year, I want everyone playing.
1: And I watched some of that the Houston Spurs game just because I was on the couch and... I put the sun down to bed. I'm like, I, I want to watch some, some some hardwood, Andrew. I got to watch the hardwood floor. I gotta we watch know the, you love the hardwood. I watch that. when Harden and CP three aren't on the floor, that team does not scare me. I don't know how they're so effing good right now. That they're they, the fact that they are what, fifty and twelve, whatever it is, sixty and 60-2. and fifteen, oh, yeah, what? and the number one That's seed. That's crazy to me because best, it's Trevor Ariza, Clint Capella. I mean, Ryan Anderson's hurt. He's, I mean, he's, he was the, that albatross of a contract. He do not even play right now. because I mean, who do they got besides... I mean, is it James Harden that much of the game changer?
0: But that's why it's such a discussion for this team because they aren't as deep as you may initially think. They're not ridiculously deep, and that's why you wonder, should we rest them? Because we need these top two, three, four guys so much, the Capellas, the Hardens, the Pauls. We need those guys so much. But I agree with you, Anthony. The rest, and this is a big topic in football when it goes to the last weekend, and you know your team's in, you know what your playoff seed is, but I've always been a believer, play, 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 because you you never know when you have your next shot at the playoffs and you're in a good spot going into the playoffs. Don't take that for granted just because you think you believe you need rest and you think that's the right decision. Last question. Before we move forward, is a team that's not in the playoffs, but it's a team that has always been at the top of the headlines and been one of the most important teams in the NBA. That's the Los Angeles Lakers. Will Anthony Rinaldi, the Los Angeles Lakers ever return to greatness?
1: I'm going to need to phone a friend on this one. Call Angelo Rinaldi, Hawthorne glass, diehard Laker fan. And when you asked me this question earlier in the day, because you're a hell of a guy, gave me a little, a, little, a little prep for the little show prep behind the scenes, I was like, are the Lakers ever going to come back to glory? And that's a great question. Because if you look at the roster now, as it is, there's an interesting guy by the name of Julius Randle who may be due for some money, some moolah, some cash, some, a big payday perhaps, some say. Because you know what? He put a lot of time in. I know he was a high draft pick several years ago. Now he kind of comes with the bench as a six-man. They got some guy by the name of Ball. We're not going to get into him. Uh, I don't think he's long for the squad. Kuzman's think, legit. Oh, my goodness. I heard something on the way in here.
0: Might have been Kuzman, the better rookie of the Kuzman two.
1: Kuzman was mic'd up when they were playing the Sacramento Kings, and he took Buddy Heald to side. I was like talking to him. was like, yo, Buddy, your boy can't guard me down low. If your boy guarding me down low, it's barbecue chicken.
0: Love it.
1: What does that mean, Andrew? I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means, dirty.
0: but it sounds like I don't want to be a part of
1: it. If he guards me, barbecue chicken. You better drop that on Purple Squad next time we ever play, if that ever happens. If we ever play again. But I happen to think that you'll see the Lakers come back to glory when they do this. I don't know if it's next year. It might be that summer. Whatever they have off. They will trade Lonzo Ball on draft day to some, some sucker team. They'll get, a, they'll get a King's Ransom back of draft picks. They're going to clear the cap space. They're going to sign. They're going to bring LeBron James there. They're going to sign Paul George. You got Kuzman. I believe King James is coming to the Lakers. But you remember that quote That quote from Kobe? It was a, it was a little while ago. I can paraphrase it because I wrote some of it down, but it was really is quite a Black Mamba quote when he said it takes a special person to want to play for this franchise and follow up in the shoes. Of a Magic Johnson and a Kobe like he said actually said like like Kobe talked to himself in third person which is Black Mamba esque and he said he goes he goes and if you need to if if you need the Lakers to convince you to come here to carry that legacy forward then you ain't the one to be the one to carry this legacy forward I don't know if LeBron James has the stones because you know he's he's not he doesn't have that Kobe Michael Jordan killer mentality he kind of played more like a Magic Johnson where he kind of dished he he didn't want all the accolades. But he was just an all-around beast on the court.
0: Yeah, I think he wants to make the franchise his as opposed to step into a franchise with history. Because think about it. The two franchises that he's won with, both the Miami Heat and the Cleveland Cavaliers, did not have a lot of history that didn't include LeBron James. Yeah, the Miami Heat won with Dwayne Wade and Shaquille O'Neal. And that started, I believe that was in 2003, that started the come-up of the Miami Heat. But really, until LeBron James got there, they won those two, I believe it was, they went to four straight finals while he was there. That really put the Miami Heat on the map. And the same thing with the Cleveland Cavaliers, as we know it, LeBron James ended the drought, not just in the Cavaliers organization, but in the entire city of Cleveland, in terms of championships by winning with the Cavaliers. That was huge, and I think that's why he's not going to the Lakers. I think he stays in Cleveland because he isn't going to make a legacy in Los Angeles because there's already been one created. And the last thing I'd say about this, the reason why I don't think Los Angeles is really going to return to greatness as high or as prominent as it used to be is because it doesn't matter anymore about being in a high-volume market like Boston or LA or New York. It doesn't matter anymore. I can market myself in Milwaukee. I can market myself in Cleveland, in Oklahoma City, in San Antonio, in Houston. I can market myself in all these cities. So I don't need to be in Los Angeles. I don't need to be a Los Angeles Laker. I don't need to play for the pride of the things that happened before me because it's a different world now. It's about my brand and about how I can promote myself. So I don't necessarily need the organization to do so.
1: You are completely wrong. Wrong? Wrong, wrong, Andrew. Are you kidding me with that concept? You know everybody wants to live in L.A. Ain't I'm sure they to live, want to live, live, LA, live in L.A.,
0: but we're talking fit. about winning championships in the NBA, and the only way you win championships in the NBA is if you create super teams. Why am I going to go to Los Angeles when there's not an
1: already just, big-time superstar gonna there? You're gonna have the, it's going to be LeBron, Paul George, Kuzma, whoever else they want to get. Libby? We just made the point
0: about the Houston Rockets being 62-15, and and you started after four players losing who was actually on their bench because it's not that big a name players. So why do I care if the fifth, sixth, and seventh player on the Los Angeles Lakers are really good rookies right now? Because at the end of the day, all that matters is who my top three guys are.
1: Listen to this list of free agents that are going to be in the 2018-2019 season. I'm going to give you seven quick ones. Five of them all have the same... You do a little test here, Andrew. Okay. Pick out the pick out the pick out the 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 two that are different. LeBron James, Paul George, Boogie Cousins, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, all free agents. Go. What's different about that list of guys? Yeah, there's five that are similar, two that aren't.
0: Jimmy Butler, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, Kawhi
1: Leonard, and Boogie.
0: Well, Paul George and LeBron. Clay Thompson and Kawhi Leonard. Are two players that have stayed with their organization yeah, throughout their whole career. Too deep
1: in level. They're all injured, those five guys.
0: Ah.
1: All, all, and some of them are pretty seriously injured. Boogie, Kyrie. I think Jimmy Butler's coming back. Uh, obviously, Clayton, So, how does, does this
0: make your Los Angeles Lakers point? It doesn't.
1: I'm just saying. LeBron James will have his pick of the litter. If he goes to L.A., the stars are going to go there. And plus, it's L.A., dude. Everyone's, everyone wants to play for L.A.
0: Fair, well, which is probably but, part of his draw to going to Miami. But the real draw was playing with Chris Bosh and Dwayne Wade. Who's going to LA with him? Yeah, Paul George is from LA. LA. Sure, and, and and Clay's a huge chip, I believe. But I just don't think LeBron James and Clay Thompson. Yeah, yeah, that that scares me a little bit. But is that enough to return the Lakers to greatness? Because LeBron James is getting up there in age, and I know he's only getting better. But at the same time. Is he going to return the Lakers to greatness for three years, four years, and then move on and go to another organization or or retire or, or be done with his career? What is greatness? To me, greatness is sustained winning. What it sounds like to me is going to happen is three or four guys need to sign there, be there for four years, win, and then it's probably just going to be over after that. I'm talking 30, 40 years of being one of the best if not the best organization in basketball,
1: yeah, I mean you—you you mentioned it with Brand. You don't need to be in the big spotlight anymore. That's why New York suffers, I think, because everybody at one point back in the seventies and eighties coming to New York was was it that was the the meal ticket. But you can you can do quite well for yourself out in Oklahoma, out in Milwaukee, out in Cleveland, wherever it is, as long as you are who you are. If you're the king, you know that reigns supreme no matter where you are. Do, will he stay in Cleveland you're probably right I don't see that move happening again because that villain role didn't fit him well but I could see him really wanting to bring back the Showtime Lakers and why not do it with Magic Johnson creating that team because you know he'll make a splash
0: it's not far fetched
1: and I can definitely see it happening
0: to move from your beloved hardwood to the cold ice
1: love the hardwood
0: as we do so we're going to remind you to follow us on Twitter follow us on Instagram
1: Social media
0: at double A balls on both. Visit the website dot Podcast.com. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes, on Anchor, on Podbean. You can find the links to the website. And of course, of course, buy the apparel, powerarmperformance.com. We are powered by PowerArmPerformance Performance on this podcast. And this NHL update. Yes, I said it. National Hockey League update is brought to you by Frankie Franchise Construction. Yes, that is right. Your favorite home builder in Hawthorne, New Jersey. Frankie Franchise Construction. Call him at 973-789-6236. He's the best in the business at renovations, additions, bath and kitchen remodels. He's a specialist. In interior trim, he's reliable. He is hardworking. He is Franchise Construction. You can email him at frank.franchiseconstruction at gmail.com or call 973-789-6237. And as we always tell you, when you do mention that Double A Balls podcast sent you, it is a non-guarantee, but he might. He just might. Give you a percentage off on your first order. Frank dot franchise construction at gmail.com.
1: Andrew, your devils are they surging at the right time?
0: The devils are surging at the right time, and they had a huge win over the Montreal Canadians, two to one. It was a big time goal by Taylor all streaking out of the penalty box, going on a breakaway and scoring a goal. Huge. For the New Jersey Devils. It is wacky in the NHL right now. And that's why we wanted to bring you an NHL update. Going into the playoffs. Because both the the Eastern Conference. And the Western Conference. In the National Hockey League. Are crazy. We're going to start in the East. The aforementioned New Jersey Devils. Sit in the wild card number two spot. With 93 points. Three games remaining. Against the New York Rangers. At home on Tuesday the Toronto Maple Leafs at home on Thursday and then concluding the season away at Washington on Saturday. So, three tough games for the Devils to close out their year. They are on the heels right now of the Philadelphia Flyers who sit in the first wild card spot with 94 points. They as well have three games remaining against the Islanders Tuesday at the Islanders, against Carolina home on thursday and then against the rangers at home on saturday three non-playoff contenders for the philadelphia flyers however two teams from the metropolitan division so those will be tough games and then to round out the other two teams in the fight the columbus blue jackets also have 94 points but they sit in that three seed right above the wild card spot as well three games remaining there's a common pattern here the columbus blue jackets also have two home games and one away game remaining so the New Jersey Devils, the Columbus Blue Jackets, and the Philadelphia Flyers, 93, 94, and 94 points respectively, the last three spots in the Eastern Conference playoffs, all with two home games and an away game remaining, all playing on the exact same Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday schedule, and to round it out, the Florida Panthers making a run. They have five games remaining, Ant, but they are 86.7 behind the New Jersey Devils for that last wild card spot. So... They do have two games in hand of the other three teams, but it might be tough this late for the Panthers to make a run.
1: I'm not going to lie to you. I did watch some of that Devils game. I'm proud of and you. When, and when your, your boy, I know you used him a lot, and what do you got? Taylor Hall came and scored that shorthanded goal. I'm sure you lost your marbles. Probably, I got excited. Probably jumped up and threw, threw, threw a haymaker at the ceiling.
0: I got excited, and I think the way the standings are laid out now, as I mentioned before, Columbus in the last the three seed, the – the Flyers in the first wild card, the Devils in the second wild card. For some reason, I just have a feeling that's the way it's going to end up. I don't think Florida's going to make a push. I think those three teams are going to battle it out. Maybe the Devils and the Flyers flip spots. Columbus has just been playing way too good down the stretch. I don't think they're going to lose any steam. I think they're going to find a way to hold on to that three seed in the East. But at the end of the day, take a look at the NHL down the stretch in the next eight days. Because on April 11th, when the NHL playoffs get started, it is going to be exciting and arguably some of the best playoffs you could possibly watch. So that's the Eastern Conference side. And then moving on in this NHL update sponsored by Frankie Franchise Construction, we have the Western Conference, which feels like Ant mirrors the exact same lineup. Let me give it to you. In wild card spot number one, you have the Los Angeles Kings. They have three games remaining, all three at home. In wild card spot number two, the Colorado Avalanche with 93 points sit with three games remaining, one point behind the Kings at 94. They have two away games and a home game remaining, all on Monday, Thursday, Saturday schedule, the same as the Kings. Sitting right outside of the playoff picture in the Western Conference is the St. Louis Blues at 92 points. But they have four games remaining two at home and two away. However, two of those against. A tough Chicago team who isn't going to make the playoffs this year, but I feel like anytime you play the Chicago Blackhawks, it's just not going to be fun. And then obviously, Washington and Colorado round that out. And then the D- Dallas Stars are four points behind them. They have three games remaining. All three are on the road, but all three are against good teams in the Sharks, the Ducks, and the Kings. So that might be tough for the Stars. And then the aforementioned Anaheim Mighty Ducks, not Mighty anymore, excuse me, just the Ducks in the Third spot in the Western Conference, just one point ahead of the Kings at 95 points. So again, that is five teams right there battling between 88 and 95 points. Really, the battle comes down to the Ducks, the Kings, the Avalanche, and the Blues in the Western Conference. I think it's just going to be a little bit too much for the Stars. I just don't think they have enough firepower to make that run. So the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference of the NHL right now are absolutely on fire and i feel like right now in all of sports the nba the nhl the ncaa basketball tournament a lot is kind of going crazy there's a lot of parody and it's kind of made the sports world a lot of fun so that is your frankie franchise sponsored nhl update again email frank.franchiseconstruction at gmail.com if you need the best in home building, additions, or remodeling. Anthony, we move forward.
1: Quick question, Andrew, because I'm a hockey novice. Are how many teams make, 16 teams make the playoffs? 16 teams make the playoffs. You're one through eight. Oh, so same in the basketball. Yes. It's absolutely the same thing. I thought was a little different. I was hoping they were a little different, a little progressive, because I wanted to see how that would work out. Because I'm actually intrigued. By the, I think the NBA may go that way. Not anytime soon, but... Definitely could be something that could spice up the NBA a little
0: bit. Well, I would argue to you, Anthony, and you can completely argue a different side of this thing. But the NHL playoffs are the best playoffs in professional sports.
1: Oh yeah, I'll sit. I'll sit down and actually watch NHL playoffs without a doubt. So as I won't watch any regular season games. I have no idea what's going on. I'll rely on you for that knowledge. But I will definitely watch any of these matchups, especially like I know uh, the the Boston Bruins. I, I hear they're pretty good this year. Ovechkin, that, that dude seems like he never wins the big game. That's the
0: he's thing. He, he, he's another guy habitual, which is habitual in Washington. I've made this point before. The Nationals, the Washington Wizards, the, Was- the Washington Capitals, Alexander Ovechkin, every year I feel like they're w- the best team in the NHL. So many times they've won the cup for the best team, the most points in the NHL, and then gone into the playoffs and lost in the first or the second round. Always.
1: And my buddy's a dire Penguin fan, so he gets to brag to me all the time because they're pretty good. Well,
0: that's the opposite side of the fence. Every single year, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are at the top of the points list in the NHL, and the Pittsburgh Penguins are a contender for the Stanley Cup every single year. It's an exciting hockey season, and as a novice hockey fan, I want to ask you this question because you just made a made a mention to how you don't watch the regular season But because you know how good NHL playoffs are, you want to tune in. So, as the novice fan, what can be done by hockey to get you to now watch the regular season? Because clearly there's an interest there, but for some reason only comes during playoff time. It's not throughout the course of this regular season.
1: That is a fantastic question, Andrew. I wonder why you get paid the big bucks. I, I honestly don't know what hockey could do get me more interested in regular season uh, as much as, uh, I guess because I don't have a squad. I never really got into hockey. My brother actually worked for the Devils, so there was a time there where I did cheer for the Devils. I went to a lot of Devil games at the at the Rock, and way back in the day, the, I think over at uh, the Metal Continental the Airlines there, Arena. There you go. So you, you remember those days. And then the IZOT Center. Yeah, of course I had I had a door jersey. I I actually played I played roller hockey. I was a goalie.
0: But why the playoffs and not the regular season?
1: I just think because of the amount of pressure that's on these guys. The seven game series, you have to you know you have to win them all. You have to win four games. It's the best part about hockey is it's twenty minutes nonstop action. They very rarely break. Every once in a while, when they have to ice the puck, look at that hockey term. Go me. Um, you know, there's a little bit of stoppage time, but for the most part, the 20 minutes, it's. I mean, the games are pretty quick. What, about an hour and a half? Most games take two hours? Yeah,
0: and the, the, you are correct. They are the least amount of commercial breaks, especially in crunch time and in the third period. They break the commercial the least out of any professional sport.
1: And uh, the action is, I mean, so uh, these dudes are, are skating 95 miles an hour, hitting a puck 100 miles an hour at each other. It's just, it's just a bunch of Canadians out there, And man.
0: see, that's why I love hockey throughout the whole course of the season is because those guys bring that energy every single day. They never complain. They're always injured. There's always jokes about guys losing their teeth and having black eyes and getting stitches and going back in the game. Th- those things are said because it actually happens over the course of the year, and that's why it's such a different sport because those guys are playing that hard every single
1: day. You you may know this off the top of your head. I was randomly clicking through ESPN at, at, during my lunch hour, I put that in air quotes lunch hour because I'm typically on ESPN all day anyway. I saw a story, maybe like probably probably a decade ago, even shorter, younger, whatever it was. But the dude caught a skate to his throat. It was a goalie, and he literally came back six days later. Yep. What is that it, serious? It's just a mindset. He took a skate. They're crazy. To his jugular, basically. Was bleeding profusely on the ice, and if didn't, I guess put pressure on it and cause it, and you know, put, grab towels to stop it or slow it down. The dude would have obviously died because he took a skate to the throat, Andrew.
0: So what is wrong with you Canadians? Why so much hockey talk on the Double A Balls podcast today? Well, that's because we want to teach Anthony Rinaldi the sport of uh, hockey we
1: listen to our uh, our listeners we they, listen to they our wanted listeners more hockey they, they want hockey Romanella and you pain in the ass
0: Jen and Jen Romanella. so we have put together a fun segment we'd like to call what does Anthony know about sports okay
1: not a lot
0: so um. here's how it works sports questions directed towards Anthony Rinaldi that we believe he doesn't know, and we're gonna find out that answer. So, we've put three together today for the sport of ice hockey. Question number one: What is offsides?
1: Oh, jeez, tough questions. At the gate, I hope you put some fancy music behind this. This will be fancy, some game show music, Andrew that's your goal for the, for, for the podcast game show music all sides is when they are in the, in front of the blue line before the puck is there right Or if, if the guy's kind of in the offensive zone uh, and the puck's in the at, not it, red line I red will
0: red line, red line, give it, or, it to you it's one of those lines when the player is across the blue line, blue line entering right? the offensive zone before the, puck. Before, the puck. before the puck one for one I
1: used to play NHL 94 on before on the Sega, on the Sega something, Dreamcast or something
0: out the of the gate one for four question number two this is in the true or false variety 50-50 shot at one point in the existence of the National Hockey League there was a team named the Atlanta Thrashers
1: oh man that sounds so fugazi but I'm gonna go true you are correct ah two
0: for two the Atlanta Thrashers I think existed maybe for 15 years and now have turned into the Winnipeg Jets. Back
1: to the Winnipeg Jets, right? What are the Jets the
0: Winnipeg Jets were a team. Look at you. The, the Winnipeg Jets were a team, and then they disbanded. The Atlanta Thrashers then became a team, and now have turned back into the Winnipeg Jets. So, two for two on the what does Anthony know about sports. Here is your last question. We're going back to the rule book. And we want to ask you, when there is a fighting major in hockey, how many minutes do the players that fought sit for?
1: <laughs> Five.
0: You... Ding, 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 ding. You are correct. Nailed it. Three, four, three. On the first ever, what does Anthony know about sports? How do you feel?
1: And now we're going to retire that segment. Going out on top. Going
0: out on top. No no more questions. No more questions.
1: (laughs) I'm going to hang that on the refrigerator at home. Andrew, I'm excited. That was fantastic. That got the blood boiling.
0: You don't want to break the record. And you know what I don't want you to break? I don't want you to break your windows I don't want you to break your doors and I don't want you to break your thermo panes, but if they are, I have somebody for you, and that is our man Angelo at Hawthorne Glass. Call him, talk to him about the Lakers, talk to him about what you need fixed in your house. Is it that beautiful shower door? Is it that picture frame? Is it just the look of your windows? in your house. I don't know but the number is 973-427-4344 and when you call Hawthorne Glass today and you talk to our man Angelo who has over three decades of quality service in the glass industry, folks, when you call that man, mention Double A Balls, you'll get 10% off of your first purchase. That's Hawthorne Glass. That is our man Angelo and that means for the people listening, it is our favorite time of the day, and that is What Do You Got? What do you
1: got? What do we go- Andrew, you need to recap for us, I believe, real quick, because I think we split last week. We, we went you-
0: straight up in the What Do You Got showcase last week. Anthony took Loyola and
1: Villanova. Let me down, Sister Jean. She let me down. They had a
0: chance, and Anthony, excuse me, Andrew took University of Michigan and Kansas. Kansas lost to Villanova in brutal fashion and Michigan made a great comeback in the second half against Loyola and won. So we both take a one and one on the week ants, which means I sit at 11 and 10 and you sit at 10
1: and 11. Can't quite seem. To get back above five hundred, Andrew, that's the game plan this week. You were hot out of the gate, and it has been tough
0: for you moving forward. Yeah, and
1: right before... style, hot out the gate.
0: Out. Right before I get your what do you got pick, I want to let everybody know that Anthony and I will be getting on a special edition NCAA Final Four podcast on Thursday... This week, so look out on the website on the social media and on the iTunes pod and anchor for our special edition rundown. We're going to recap the final four. We're going to talk about these. What do you got picks as well as recap what happened in the national championship game between Villanova and Michigan. So just tune in on Thursday on the iTunes. Check it out on the website, wherever you find your Double A Balls podcast, and listen to the special edition Double A Balls NCAA Final Four update. Anthony Rinaldi, what do you got?
1: What do you got? You know me. You've listened to the podcast numerous times, listeners. You want it. Andrew wants it. I'm going to give it to you. I'm the Hardwood. Potential Eastern Conference Final Matchup. Perhaps. And it's actually going to be... They're both going to be on a back-to-back, so you may watch some ugly-ass basketball. It's on ESPN. Give me the Boston Celtics at the Toronto Raptors. All right. Boston is sporting a six-game winning streak, which you talked about earlier, Andrew, because you're such a stat maven. And I believe that Brad Stevens, may be up there for coach of the year, you know, he punched his ticket a long time ago when you lose you know your number one pickup free agent of this, after the first game of the year. You lose, obviously, Kyrie Irving to this, this bum knee, and he may, may, may be a lot longer than expected. And you start piecemealing the squad. You lose uh, your best defender, Marcus Smart, your best uh, perimeter defender. Ask OKC about losing your best perimeter defender, and Andre Roberson. Not good. And you know what? They are only two games, two games only out of first place. Which I don't know if that really means a lot uh, when it comes because you know second place you still get mostly first round games until you, until you meet the number one team if you do. So I mean, is number one important? It is, but I think you'll see Brad Stevens rest some players on the stretch. But I'm definitely intrigued because if if Boston wins, obviously uh, Tuesday night because this game is on Wednesday, I believe. Um, that is April 4th. Let me check my calendar real quick. Yes, April 4th, ESPN game. It's an eight o'clock start. And Boston plays uh, Tuesday, as does Toronto. So, they I mean, they could be playing for the number one seed right now, that game, on, and it's coming down to the stretch. They only have three, four or five games left together, Andrew. I want to see you at Boston versus Toronto, and I want to see your boy, Jason Tatum, the rookie. Wow. See what he's got. He's averaging 20-plus a game when Kyrie's not there. He actually played a little point guard, which he said was – Kind of awful because he couldn't remember all the plays, so he was trying to. Wow. Got to get him a wristband. Like I did, did not me. think you were going to go there. All Give right. Jason Tatum. time. All right. Rookie time, Andrew. And I need to know. I'm, it's, you told me you had a burner. A humdinger. All right. Give me, what do you got? What do you got?
0: I'm going completely off the rails here. I'm excited about Augusta. I'm excited what? about golf. I'm excited what? about Tiger Woods. And my what do you got this week is Sunday at the Masters. Wait, wait, wait. You're
1: taking a
0: golf tournament. I am taking a golf tournament.
1: From the guy who once gave me crap for taking a backcourt matchup against Yes. Jesus. Now he's taking an entire Sunday tournament. Golf tournament. You opened up the gates.
0: I'm just kicking the door wide open. I'm kicking it wide open. And I'm taking Sunday at Augusta because I think this tournament's going to be awesome. There are storylines everywhere. Golf is back because of Tiger Woods. He's playing very well. Listen to this 6... 6.9 .9 million people watched the final round of the Valspar Championship. And I bet
1: you 6.8 million had no idea that's paint.
0: Absolutely no clue. They were just watching it because of Tiger Woods. The ratings are up everywhere. He finished 12th in the Honda Classic. He is in a really great place right now. So that is why I think this tournament is going to be great, but that's not it's not just because of Tiger Woods cuz other guys are playing well. Rory McIlroy coming off off win, he's playing well. You have Jason Day, you have Dustin Johnson, Bubba Watson, Phil Mickelson's playing well. Ricky Fowler's always a guy that tends to be around. Whether or not he can finish on Sunday is a different story. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, the list goes on. There's a lot of guys that could possibly win this tournament. But my performer this week, Anthony Rinaldi, is going to be Dustin Johnson. DJ. He is twelve to one odds to win this tournament right now. And the reason Quick why?
1: Question, Andrew. Sorry to interrupt you, but I think this is a direct. I don't think it's coincidence. I think you planned this. Did you pick him because he's married? He's married to a legendary. Paul hockey Lee player? Pauline Gretzky. Yes. No. Okay. Just because you're a hockey nut. I picked team. him
0: because last year he was the world's number one, and in a freak accident, so the story goes. Dustin Johnson was wearing socks and slipped down steps and hurt his back. And had to withdraw from the Masters last year. So, I think he's back for revenge. He's coming into this tournament. He was the world number one last year. He knows he can be the best player in golf. He knows he can go out and win this tournament. And not enough guys are talking about him. So, I'm taking Sunday at Augusta, Anthony. And I am taking Dustin Johnson as my performer to go toe-to-toe. Head to head. Mano E Mano against your Celtics and Raptors and your rookie Jason Taylor. I'll take the
1: field at the Masters. Oh, Bazinga. Another 20 bananas. 20 bananas. I'll take my man, Bubba Watson. Give me Bubba over your boy DJ. Whoever's whoever's obviously the higher. Whoever has the better score,
0: obviously or lower because it's golf. Bubba Watson's 15 to 1. DJ's 12
1: to 1. Look at you taking the favorite. Of course you would,
0: Homer. You pick second.
1: Oh, correct, Bob. Either way, Bubba Watson and his pink driver are going to do damage at Augusta National.
0: Can Anthony get back in first place in the What Do You Got scoreboard? What happened in the NCAA tournament? We will discuss that in our Thursday special. Do the Yankees continue to move forward? Do the Mets keep playing good baseball? Home
1: opener tomorrow, Andrew. Yankees, 4 o'clock, home opener.
0: How does the NBA playoff picture shape up? How does the NHL playoff picture shape up? We will have all of those questions for you. Anthony Rinaldi, this is the Double A Balls Podcast. Andrew, get me out of here. We'll catch you on Thursday. Tell your friends, tell your friends.
1: Tell your friends, tell your friends. Find us on... here.
0: Find us on Twitter. Find us on Instagram at double A balls on both the double AB double A balls podcast, Andrew Romanella, Anthony Rinaldi. We are out. This has been the double A balls podcast powered by power arm performance, your leader in baseball and softball training apparel. Visit www.powerarmperformance.com to get your apparel and start training like the pros today.
1: My ambition to win, just to get me some means. Help me pay my little rent, maybe sit in the beans. I saw Mama praying as she wait on results. It was hot in the kitchen. Can I wait on the porch?